0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Hey, friends of St. Basil's, it's Tommy Dome. I'm on the, I'm on the parish staff here, and I commit sins. Uh, I kind of, uh, unfortunately, often, little ones, big ones. Yeah, and I'm here with
1: Father Ryan Mann, your pastor. And I'll join Tommy in that, um, yeah, I'm a sinner. I sin. I go to confession once a month, probably. And uh, I go because I need to. I need to get honest with God and with others and to say, yeah, I I didn't, I knew what I was supposed to do and I didn't do it. And then I didn't do the things I was supposed to do. (laughs) And, uh, my freedom was involved in that. I was misusing it, and uh, you know, ignoring my conscience or the little signs God was putting in my way to say, "Hey, try this path." And I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna know this one." And Jesus was like, "Uh oh," and I was like, "I oh, know." So yeah, I uh, I'm a sinner just like you, Tommy.
0: And in any area of life, anytime we bring up an objective standard or a measurement or a rule. It just can seem like we're condemning, uh, being judgmental. But Jesus comes into the scene, and he says very clearly, he says, the healthy do not need a physician, the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus is here for you and for me. And that thing that he asked us to do, to do in memory of him, that thing that the letter to the Hebrews says, do not neglect to meet together and gather in assembly to worship God, Sunday Mass, even daily Mass, right? Daily Mass. We get together and it starts off, and before we're even really going, before the opening prayer, before the opening prayer, what do we do? First, we come in. Isn't well,
1: nice? if it's, Yeah, if it's a Sunday, we sing a beautiful song with Stephanie and the choir and Gregory. But uh, sign of the cross, I yeah. greet everyone with a, a line from scripture, peace of the Lord be with you always, or grace to you and things like this. And then I say this little formula, but it's a very honest thing. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. But the first thing, right, is- this Right first, off a, the bat. Boom. Let's all realize we all stand at the foot of the cross saying, Lord, have mercy. No one's not in need of the man on that cross and what his gift Mm -hmm. is for us. So before we even get rolling
0: with this thing that we do, this way that we worship God, and like you said, to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries, the first thing we do is say, I've
1: I've messed up. Yeah, and it's funny as you say that you would think that our whole worship would unravel at that point, <laughs> like, well, we all don't, we're all mess, we all don't have it, and uh, apparently none of us in this church today have it. So why don't we we'll just see go? It <laughs> we just go home, <laughs> but instead it, it it unites us in the right posture. It puts us in the right place to say, but you know what? God does have it, and He's with us, and He's with us as the body of Christ speaking to us, and we're about to hear Him in the Scriptures, and then He's about to show up again on the sacrament of the Eucharist, and we get to be nourished and healed, and then he asks us to be like him in the world, to which we sometimes do really great, and then there's sometimes new reasons to come back to the next Mass and name it all over again of how much we need his mercy and help. God wants everyone
0: to be saved. The Bible is very clear about that, right? God wills that all will be saved. And being saved is about being in relationship and connected to the true vine. Mm-hmm. Right, So even when there is a a rule or a commandment or something or a transgression, it's all about getting back into relationship. So our church isn't trying to split people up between the holy and the sinners. It's just let's all come together. We acknowledge our brokenness. Let's get back in right relationship with God. And with each other, so we can enjoy
1: that joy and peace and healing now and forever. Yeah, you know, it's the rules, whether they're church teachings or morals, things like that. They're what makes the game, right? So you can't have basketball without "don't dribble," or "do dribble," don't, don't. <laughs> don't, don't double dribble. You know, or you can't have football without boundaries. Like, you were out of bounds. You know, or you can't go off sides. Uh, The rules make the game. The goal isn't the rules. The goal is to play the game, but the rules are what make the game a game and give it structure and form to be played well. Same thing with God's laws and teachings and things like this. It's so we can play the game known as like relationship with the living God and like joy and peace and love with Christ and with each other. It's like, so he sets these things up to say, here's the game and I want to teach you how to play it well. And so- When we say, yeah, we all break a rule, we all foul, we all went off sides at times, you don't get kicked off the team, you don't get sidelined, you're still invited to play, but to reattune, to readjust, to be all the more mindful of, okay, there's a way that this game goes so it can go really peacefully and joyfully. And there's a way where we can act an opposite way and it can be frustrating and annoying. And so it's not against us, it's for us, but we all also break them and there's no, there's no finger pointing any more than at ourselves.
0: And the big picture you're pointing us towards right now is all the no's there seem to be in the church, no to this, no to that, are all for this much bigger yes. No, You know, thinking about like the Grand Canyon, you can enjoy its beauty because there's a guardrail. You can like go up to the edge and see it. <laughs> you know which rocks are are safe and solid and which are crumbly because the crumbly ones that are unsafe are roped off <laughs> and you can't go there. So you can fully enjoy that beauty because of some guardrails.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of the strange things in life, right? We, at one sense, we think rules are always against our freedom. I should be able to do whatever I want when I want. And yet if we're really honest about our experience, some of the things I want, I didn't, in hindsight, actually didn't want And had I listened to the rule and not just did whatever I wanted, I wouldn't be as sad, regretful, feeling insecure, confused as I am now had I followed the rule and not simply what I wanted in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, freedom and God's truth, the really good, true-filled moral laws or teachings actually guide our freedom towards what we're looking for, namely like endless beauty, goodness, love, friendship, joy, adventure, all those good things. There there are promises built in by God saying, I know the way, I built the car, it needs gasoline, don't put Coca-Cola in there. And that's not oppressive, that helps us get the car to go. Or nowadays, I guess, plug it in. But either way, you get what I mean. So
0: this is the context for every conversation, no matter the topic, no matter what year, no matter what millennium, this is the context. The Lord has created us for a relationship and for a life of love with him and his people on earth before death and in heaven after death. And his first moves are always of mercy. Even when he calls out Pharisees or something, those are all opportunities to say, this is the, the splinter in your eye. Yeah. Right? So get back on re- right relationship. You're seeing something off kilter here come back to right relationship. That's the bigger context for every conversation. Now, this specific conversation right here, right now, today, is about what?
1: Well, it's about what uh, Bishop Molesic and the bishops of Ohio have asked all the faithful Catholics to learn about, discuss, and be engaged in, which is this upcoming November uh, in the ballots, if you will, in the voting, is the Ohio State Constitutional Amendment where they're looking to, um, some people are actively looking to change the Constitution of Ohio, that it would protect, enshrine, and in many ways, promote abortion. And right away, as soon as I say that, I know a lot of you listening, it's already a divisive topic and intense and all these things. And we just want to record a few podcasts for you to help you. uh, First off, make the, the holy, faithful decision to be courageous in that. But to maybe help model for you or equip you to have conversations that may help other people to see what we see, what we believe God has shown us, so that we can make the state of Ohio uh, a state that protects and honors the weakest, most vulnerable among us, those little babies in the womb. And so that's the particular context of this whole discussion.
0: And isn't that the real measurement
1: is how we take
0: care of those most in need? And who's more helpless, who's more in need right. than a child in the womb?
1: You know, it's interesting. Many of you heard me preach about a lot, mercy. And in Hebrew, the word mercy has connotations of womb. In the Hebrew, it's in the cluster of the same word. And uh, and the idea is that mercy kind of gives life, can regenerate, is a safe place for the little parts, that When you're a merciful man or woman, people who have weaknesses and vulnerabilities will feel safe and cared for and then regenerated in new life and stability. And so, obviously, Jesus came on a whole mission of mercy, and he brings that mercy into our lives, into our culture through his body and his bride, the church, but that it's particularly the womb that becomes the image for Hebrew people with the word mercy to help us understand mercy how it's supposed to operate and look like it wards off some things the womb protects from some things and cares for nourishes and strengthens life and so the tone of our discussion on this topic of abortion in the state of ohio can never be political or it ought never be because we know mercy himself jesus and how he sees and looks at people And he calls us to be as perfect as the Father is perfect. So he calls us to greatness. But he also says, I want to walk with you there.
0: No matter where he meets us, no matter how far off the path, there's always an on-ramp back on. And he meets us there. Doesn't call call us from the other side, but says we will walk together.
1: In fact, I remember... In one of Pope St. John Paul II's writings, The Gospel of Life, I believe he was the first pope to ever address women who have had abortions, and he specifically spoke right to them in that document. Now, I'm paraphrasing. It's not in front of me, but the basic gist was, perhaps you more than anyone else know the pain of the decision, and he says, and as a church, we're aware of the many multifaceted things that led to such a decision, but he also invited them to say, God— can bring back everything. He's He can redeem all things. And so we invited them to come close to Jesus, be healed, be renewed, and then to join us as being a voice for life, realizing that this decision is not, okay, good, it's all done now. It can really be a place of great shame for so many women. And in our own diocese, we have several ministries set up to just care for, heal, and walk with those women.
0: I'm thinking about, how the Lord saves us and can save us in different ways, right? If there were a, a pit in the woods, a hole, right? You can save people two ways out of that. If you're walking with people and, and some people fall in there, you can help bring them out. But then the other way to save them from that pit is to save them from ever having fallen in and to call out or to spread the word to the people behind you in the caravan or whatever, you know. Hey, there's a pit up ahead. You really ought to avoid that. We've seen what happens, you know. We'll help you if you get in there, but yeah, we've seen it. And the Lord saves us in, in both of those ways. So, not only with the message of mercy, but the, also the message of trying to prevent further heartache, further tragedy. So, this podcast is sort of dual purpose in
1: that way. Yeah, and it's, it is beautiful that Bishop Malesic, uh our bishop here in Cleveland, he uh, he's called the priests together twice now, really asking us to be very clear. He's asked us to preach on several designated weekends on this topic. He's asked us to equip the faithful with as many resources as we can to help them make great decisions. That's why we're doing this podcast. But he's doing it out of a father's heart. He's saying, like like, millions of babies could be terminated if this amendment passes, if this change in the constitution passes. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, we want to protect those babies because they can't protect themselves. They really can't. And so uh, we want to really be on that side of, we don't want people, two people to suffer, right? The baby. Mm -hmm. And then the mom who has to live with, anytime this topic is brought up, everything gets triggered for her for the rest of her life. And even just times where you know you're driving one day and just in a summer month, and all of a sudden a memory comes back of something you did, you wish you never did. and you're full of shame and guilt and remorse. We want to protect them of that pain as well. And the bishop, as a successor to the is saying, "This is what Jesus wants. This is what he wants us to do at this time." And so yeah, we, we are asking all of you, uh, very clearly, as faithful Catholics, to uh, vote against this to vote against this change of the Ohio state Conference constitution in November. And we're asking you to, uh, to really make sure that you're voting uh, no to article one section 22 so that the current uh, constitution can stay in place and life can be protected.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's because the intentional killing of an innocent human is always wrong. The intentional killing of an innocent human is always wrong. Those four pieces. If it wasn't intentional, then, you know, then that's an, that's an accident. You know, that might be manslaughter or something like that. And if we're not talking about killing, then this is not much of an issue. And it's a human being, right? And we know that from science. We know that from their DNA, that is distinct from its mother. Mm-hmm. We know it's a distinct human organism. It's not like the skin cells on your arm or something. The skin cells on your arm will never grow, given the right nutrition and environment and time. Will never grow into a, a human person <laughs> on their own. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, in fact, right there, time it is. Just slow it down for you, you, the listeners. Is just. You know, uh, I'm only 40, okay? So for some of you, when I'm with the youth group, that's old, but some of you, that's really young. So that's a relative age, I guess. (laughs) But I can remember even in my lifetime, the change of those on the pro-choice side of things. You know, for a while there, it was like, it's not a life, it's not a baby. And then as science began to show, no, as you just said, Tommy, it is a distinct uh, human organism Mm -hmm. from the mother. It has a different DNA from mom or dad, and this is going to grow, Given the circumstances into yeah. a human person. This is life. This is a human life here. Well, it is a human person. Yeah, it is a human. It'll it's just growing grow into an adult. Yeah, exactly. And so so that's how it used to be again. no, no it's not a life. Then it's like, okay, well it's life. Well, well, now the woman has but it's a you know, it's a woman's choice. And then it's turned into now more of the category of what's called reproductive freedoms. And who are you to tell a woman what to do with her body? This and you know, they're they're very powerful arguments, but they keep changing because some science removes some of their argumentation and this and that. And, you know, I guess basically what, what I'm saying in that is just to say that the church has stood very consistently that this, like, what happens in the womb there is very sacred. And we honor that life. And the bishops of Ohio have a, had a theme for a while that was really beautiful. It's called Love Them Both. Mm-hmm. And it's just really important, like you were saying, is to intentionally do this, right? Is Is what we're against. It's, It sets you up as someone who's taking life, not giving life. And it's setting you up in a way that's going to put you closer to that pit that you talked about or to those rocks on the Grand Canyon. You're starting to go over the ledge and, uh, you know, in a much more watered down version, you're breaking the rules of the game, but it's like you're putting yourself out of the game. And we want to keep you in there so that you can know the life and love of Jesus. And so that's why we're trying to do this. We're trying to protect both the mom's and the babies' lives and that's
0: it's just the way that uh society is designed that laws are teachers and laws help to show us what will lead to harmony and order and human flourishing so we have to enact laws uh uh a village or even a family without any rules, you know. But more so, a village, a civilization without any sort of laws is is just total chaos because we're fallen. So laws do have a moral nature to them. Not every law, but a lot of the really big important ones obviously do. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, and and I think they 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 point to a kind of behavior that we want citizens to partake in. That's why law uh, like civil law and church rules like we will always overlap the government and the church because we're both interested in people's behavior so we will always overlap so why is the church talking about this i don't want to hear about the politics of my church It's like well we're, we're interested in how people act because jesus gave us a very good model and teachings on how to act and so certain laws we are big fans of and other laws we're working to change so that we can all stay close to what we believe is god in the flesh who is where our happiness will reside but for example like when you see a speed limit that speed limit is there because it's promoting a way of driving that is safe for you and people in that area so people don't die (laughs) it's a really good law Mm -hmm. it says hey based on what kind of neighborhood we're in and what kind of streets these are this is what we think would be the kind of law that would be safe for someone driving and safe for people around. And so the law is pointing to a behavior that helps people flourish. So that's what they're meant to do. So a a constitution, uh, constitutional change in the state of Ohio like this is also going to enshrine and suggest that abortion is the kind of behavior that helps people flourish. Well, it's actually removing people. It's the killing of people. Yeah, it's
0: discarding them.
1: So it's, it's actually the opposite move. Plus, the mother is then plagued with this whole of a wound of a guilt that I God is the Lord and giver of life, and I made myself at odds with God. I'm the, I'm the opposite movement of the way God acts now. And so now I have that shame. Now, remember, there's always room for repentance. Mm-hmm. There's mercy in the confessional. There's healing and hope. We shouldn't want to accumulate a lot of wounds so that we can have hope and healing. We can spare some people by really speaking up and exercising our ability to vote here in Ohio this time.
0: And there is always a significant percentage of the populace who may not be uh, religious in nature and will look to the laws of their society to decide what's right and wrong. They won't have formed their own conscience or opinions and they're not beholden or looking to a religious authority for advice. So they will just say, okay, if it's legal, it must be fine. And if it's illegal, it must not be fine. Yeah. So we want our laws to reflect what is truly good and what is truly
1: evil. Yeah. Yeah, You know, and uh, it's, it's an odd time to, be alive and catholic in the state of ohio you know i mean this could would have been this kind of conversation would be unthinkable 40 years ago in the state of ohio but as things have been changing in the united states landscape this is now where it's falling to the people Mm -hmm. you know if you remember uh roe v wade in the supreme court and then it got overturned about a year ago now i believe um and the overturning of that was precisely this domino effect it got removed from federal decision-making, and it got put back into the decision of the people, that the people got to decide. Well, perhaps something we weren't all ready for at the time was how much influence different spheres of our society have. And so just so you know, people like Planned Parenthood and other pro-choice movements who are big fans of abortion and promote it as if it were some sort of reproductive health Um They've dumped around 50 to $60 million into the state of Ohio for campaigns at this time so that their side would win come November. And the reason this is important that I think is a really good lesson is they believe people can be swayed. Mm -hmm. If they didn't think people could be swayed, they wouldn't spend that money on promotion. So they Mm -hmm. believe it's not an automatically decided thing. People can be swayed one way or the other. And we believe that the Lord wants to speak through us. So we have a unique ability and hope to say, okay, if that side of the argument thinks they can win, we have God on our side. What if I speak up kindly to a friend? What if I'm willing to suffer that little uncomfortableness with the family, equip them with some podcasts some discussions, and maybe win them over because God's working in their heart, just like he's working in ours. And so people can be swayed. Yeah, there's hope. And we want to sway people towards what is true, good, and beautiful, what is of God, What gives people the psychological, physical, and spiritual well-being? And we know intentionally taking life out of the human womb is never going to set someone up for the flourishing peace and joy that we all really want. Every time throughout
0: history where we fallen humans come up with a standard for what makes a person or what makes an acceptable person, Bad consequences follow.
1: <laughs> Very much so. You know, it's funny. The uh, there was a priest in our diocese, a really brilliant priest, one of the professors. When he met with all the priests, the bishop asked him to speak, and he just said, "You know, we always say, like, boy, if I was alive, you know, during the time of the Nazis, I would have really stood up uh, for all the Jews,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because what did the Nazis do? The Nazis decided Jewish men and women, others too, but particularly Jewish men and women, we don't want them. They're not fully human."
0: They didn't reach the bar.
1: Yeah. And so this is what's always happening, right? In every time period, there seems to be the question, who can give rights? Who decides who's fully human? Who gets to decide who has dignity and who doesn't? So let's back up from Rome for a second. Let's back up from the Nazis for a second. Let's go back to Rome. In Rome, there was an ancient Rome, uh, right around the apostles' time period, right after that, there was a practice, and it's been called a couple things. I've heard elements. I've heard thresholding. But the basic gist is this, is uh, the mom would give birth uh, with a uh, midwife and they would go outside and walk around to the front of the house and knock on the door. And the dad of the kid would open the door and look at the baby. And if he wanted that child, he'd take the baby from the midwife and bring it over the threshold. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, that child now was a Roman citizen. So who guaranteed this child's rights? The dad. The dad. The dad decided if this kid had value, worth, or purpose, if he had dignity or not. What kind of babies was he likely to throw away? Females? Any birth defects? Mm -hmm. Disabilities. Disabilities. He wouldn't accept them. And what they would do is they'd just throw the baby out into the elements, to the woods, and it'd be destroyed by animals and things, sad to say. So who gets to decide? The dad, all right? Once again, right? Not from God, not intrinsic, Someone else gets to decide. How about the Nazis? Who, who gets to decide if the Jewish people have dignity? Not God. The Nazis decided. And they decided, no, you don't. And we can exterminate you. We can treat you any way you want because we consider you an inconvenience and a burden, and we consider you less than us. So mm-hmm. they got rid of them. How about in our own country? Almost, almost even more sickly in our own country, we decided a certain group of people were three-fifths of a human being. How exacting, right? Like, you're kind of a human, but not really on the same par so that we can treat you any way we want. And that was, of course, blacks, African-Americans. We treated them terribly for a while. And so there was this big push. And we like to say, boy, if I was alive, then I would have marked with, marched with Martin Luther King Jr. And Jesus even says it in the gospel to the Pharisees. He's like, you build shrines to the prophets, but you and your ancestors were the ones who killed the prophets. See, if we really think we would have stood up for them back then, now's our time.
0: There are people to stand up for now.
1: Now, yeah, this is our time. Who decides if the unborn has rights intrinsic from God and they are created in the image and likeness of God from the moment of conception? If that's true, we need to stand up for them. Because this other wave is saying, no. People only have rights if we decide they have rights. People only have value if we decide they have value. It's a completely different worldview, but in the beauty of our democracy, we can have a say. We get to exercise our voice in this way. And so we need to pray for courage, and we need to pray for that joy-filled courage like the martyrs. Martyrs were not aggressive, violent people. They were singing hymns of praise to God while they were standing up for what was true and good. And so we need hearts full of joy and trust in the Lord who rose from the dead and is in charge of everything. But he also says, would you join me and help me in this work? And so this is our time. We get a chance to stand up to be on the right side of history.
0: Yeah, to say there are no people who don't have dignity no. in this world. doesn't matter whether you're poor, you still have dignity. Whether you have a disability, you still have dignity. Whether you have a different color skin you still have dignity. Whether you're living in the womb right now, you still have dignity. I was once living in a womb. So is everyone listening. So is everyone you've ever met.
1: Yeah. And let let me say something about this law, speaking of that in the womb conversation right there is, I believe it was in the nineties and two thousands, you would have heard a phrase sometimes on the pro-choice side of things, which was safe, rare, and legal. That was the first push to really try to get abortion enshrined and promoted and There was some sense of that, that as a church, we understood. For sake of decorum and things, let's not be promoting this. Let's not get too carried away. But if we have to do it, let's just make it safe, rare, and legal. And there was some moderation. There was things built in, namely rare, all right? And while as a church, we still stood against that because one life being intentionally killed is just a defense of God. You know, it's terrible. So we were still against it, but there was some understanding of what was going on there. The law that's being proposed, it's not a law, I keep saying that, I apologize. The constitutional amendment that's being opposed is up to nine months at demand. So there's no safe, rare, legal. There's no, well, in certain particular circumstances, it's written intentionally vague. So for the quote-unquote health and who gets to decide that health, finances could be a health, all right? Emotions could be a health, So we could kill one life for the emotional well-being of another life. And so it's so vague, it can be up to nine months. And it's vague on purpose. And I don't want to be an alarmist here, but we can see other states that have already gone down this path with the vague language. I think there are already seven states and District of Columbia that allow
0: through all nine months.
1: Yeah. And you can see that although they'll say, no, 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 it's not that bad, they've all use the vague language to be able to go up to nine months for whatever reason and decided without parental consent. And that's the other big part is this is not only just hurting individuals, it's preying on young girls who already made a vulnerable choice. All right. And now they're gonna be taken advantage, make another vulnerable choice without the people in their life who love them most. So it's against women, Mm -hmm. it's against family life and it's against the unborn. And it's It's incredibly cruel and awful. And so I just want to say, if you're kind of on the fence about this for whatever reason, and I, you know, I, okay, but just be aware of that. It's written like this on purpose, up to nine months, way past viability, they could exist outside the womb, but no, up to nine months without parental consent, it's a, it's very, very um, poignant and intentional on what they're going against namely the things that I've come to love most about St. Basil's, the families. Families are wonderful here. It's like, that's what this amendment is going to tear apart and destroy. And I don't want that for our state. And more importantly, neither does God or the church. Yeah, the the most common
0: phrase, I don't know if it's the most common phrase, but so often we just hear this should be a decision between a woman and her doctor and There's just another person involved. It just is. I was once an embryo, you know? No. So were you. So was everyone. And we were cared for. We were allowed to be born so we one day could make a choice. A choice of what we want to wear to school that day. A choice of who we can ask to homecoming. A choice of what career we want to pursue. A choice of what sports team I want all those choices, millions of choices in a human's life can all be cut short because they're being denied their existence and their rights and their dignity when they're just so helpless and innocent in the womb.
1: Yeah. And and I guess I want to say is I do agree that there have been times where women's voices were not heard and honored. And there have been ways in which um, perhaps in very broken systems, men have hurt and coerced and pressured women in ways that was unfair or society and laws in general. And so I, I agree that women need to be able to have their own voice. They need to speak on their behalf. But maybe two things to think about is, one is what you just said, Tommy, is, well, this woman is carrying a life within her. Like the, the, the reason we have a discussion, a woman has to have a discussion with a doctor about abortion, is because she's already, re, she already conceived a child. Mm-hmm. So God has intentionally breathed his life into an immortal soul and entrusted this child to the woman's care. Like So that's already happening. So not only is the baby involved, God's action is involved. <laughs> and so it's not just as to the woman and the doctor, there's another life involved, and God has acted. So as people of faith, we want to speak on behalf of God. It's part of our baptismal right to be prophets. Prophets speak on behalf of God but the 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 other component uh in this too is just to is is the real ins the the real sense that if life isn't sacred like in in all stages then it, it really is only sacred in some stages and who gets to decide that so either life is always sacred right or it's only sacred because of what you do for me what I can get from you mm-hmm. or because you did something really nice. And it's the might that makes right. And that's what
0: abortion often is, is just powerful people yeah. preying on
1: the very, very powerless, yeah. the babies inside. Now, Tommy, what, what have you heard? Cause I know we get this sometimes here at St. Basil's people will say, Oh, the church only cares about, uh, you know, the, the abortion issue, but they're not there for the women afterwards. You know, if they decide to keep the child, which isn't true. So, what are some what are some ministries or things you've heard about since you've been here at Basil's for all these years? In ways that, as a parish or as a diocese or churches in general, help women who decide to courageously say yes to life. How they've helped them even after that. Well, there's, you know, Maggie's Place. There are the. And what's Maggie's Place for those uh, who don't know? uh,
0: This helps women who are pregnant and who may not have um all the resources or or even life skills sometimes mm-hmm. so i know that sometimes maggie's place will um you know help even teach a young lady how to budget how to work finances uh-huh. it also can give them a place to live and also provide some uh diapers and all the nutritional things you need before you've even given birth and uh zelly's home and womankind we've done collections for them for years uh but we also just have a great loving culture at saint basil of people and and we love children and we don't shoo them out when they cry (laughs) at mass yeah you know that's just Kids being kids, and we love kids, and God loves kids. Yeah. So, yeah, you're welcome here.
1: Yeah. I know it's very it's very true that we we do want to help in the whole spectrum. And maybe there have been times where we haven't been as clear or as communicative about all the ways we do help. Uh, a woman is going to say, no, I want to do this. But I also want to say there's beautiful adoption services and men and women who struggle with infertility who are, would love a child. And so there are ways to connect people's needs and gifts and blessings and all these things to really show that we're a lot better together than we are divided and against each other. And um,
0: I know our food pantry feeds single moms. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of, a lot of meals, 7,000 meals a month, a month, 7,000. It's awesome.
1: Well, you know, for, for the sake of this podcast, just to say that there's, uh, there's going to be more and more information out there for you. The bishop has asked all the priests to speak several weekends between now and the uh, voting time uh, on this topic. And uh, you'll see things on our social media, on our website, on our podcasts, uh, just to keep you encouraged and informed. And uh, I thought perhaps we could just end with just uh, just a little gentle meditation. And so if you want to turn the podcast off, podcast off now, you can. But if you want to stay uh, and just, or turn it up. Yeah, or turn it up, yeah. And just for a, a, a little, uh, just a th- meditation, just something to think about. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide this meditation. We ask that you would speak to all of our hearts to give us great courage. God of the universe, when you wanted to enter this world, You did not come to us in inhuman ways, but you entered the womb of a woman who herself would be at an at-risk pregnancy, not in a marriage yet, betrothed but not married yet, conceiving a child in a time where she would have been scorned and mocked, ridiculed, and seen as anything but a good girl bringing shame to family and town and their people. And yet you entered into that circumstance. And the message is clear for us. You are near to every woman who has to make that choice. And the invitation for all of us to put down our fingers pointing and judging and instead to roll up our sleeves and help Lord, open the hearts of Ohioans. May St. Gabriel, the patron of your message, deliver the message loud and clear to everyone. May St. Michael, who fights off and wards off the powers of darkness, which are always powers trying to hurt the human people, your people, hurt the human heart, may he ward off the powers of darkness and death. And may St. Raphael, the remedy, the healing power of God, release healing upon all of us, that for the sake of your Son and for the sake of life, we'd be willing to have uncomfortable conversations, and maybe by you working through us, Lord, we'd be able to bring this state to you. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord.
0: Amen.